Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. I have the distinct pleasure today to introduce our speaker, and I promise if I just talked about her, I could talk about her all day long because she's been family to me and my wife. She's been an outstanding worship leader and leader in this house. She's an amazing mom. She's an amazing wife, and she stewards the presence of God so well. Today is not going to be a message. Today is going to be a release of the presence of God today. Will you all help me welcome Mrs. Vanessa Hale? You guys, Mike, thank you. I love you. Um, here you go, Dara. I've invited uh, Dara and Mike to join me the whole time. So it's going to be wonderful. And I've invited them to interject as they want. So if they do, that's what we want to happen. And... Uh, and I just pray that, uh, like Mike said, that's perfect, Mike, that we just have a living message today and we have an encounter from this moment forward the whole time. Yeah, and I just pray that Mike, as he plays, he plays these words into your heart and they live there forever and ever. Um, let's throw, Lee, I believe you're back there. Can you throw a few pictures up for me on the screen? Are those ready? We good with those, Snyder? I have full permission from Zaina to do this. So exciting. So exciting. Yeah. So exciting. And then Lee, if we can land on the picture of the doctor with, uh, with their baby boy. Thanks, you leave it there. I'm gonna read a few words. This is Nate's words, his uh, father's words, uh, Zaina's husband. He said, it was just like a movie. 6 a.m., I got called and my wife tells me the baby is coming. Problem is, I'm at work in another state and there's no way I can drive. Somehow I managed to get uh, into the airport and got a last minute flight that I almost missed. My wife's OB wasn't on call and here he is, absolutely perfect. Joseph loving O'Leary. Joseph means God will increase. And Richard and Mildred Loving were a part of a landmark case allowing interracial couples to marry. He is absolutely beautiful. And then Zaina's word said, Joseph Loving O'Leary. We named him Joseph after Nate's grandfather. We believe in the powerfulness of names and Joseph means God will give. I giggled at the goodness of God while my doctor laughed saying he has no idea how I got pregnant. After baby boy came, my doctor also took out the fibroids that were supposed to prevent this pregnancy. God will give. He has given us the greatest gift. Yeah. 
Nate and I are very moved by Richard and Mildred Loving's lives. They fought so that people like Nate and I could marry in America. He is loving and he will see unity in his lifetime. Love is the answer, love is the way. So Zaina, if you guys don't know her story, she's, she's one of our amazing worship leaders here. She worships, leads several times a month and she's the Bassam worship director as well. She, several years ago, started kind of on this journey. She had one year of undiagnosed extreme pain. She had a total of four uterine surgeries, and then she was in need of a fifth surgery, but got pregnant. So her doctor, that's Dr. Wyndham, has been telling all of his patients about Zaina. He's been saying, if she can have a baby, you can have a baby too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When Zaina went and she got a second opinion about what was supposed to be her fifth surgery, that that doctor said that her womb was an unsafe place to carry a baby and that getting pregnant would be problematic. So this picture of Dr. Wyndham and sweet Joseph Loving also has Dr. Wyndham holding Zaina's fibroid. And it's the very fibroid that should have prevented this pregnancy. And it was removed not during her fifth uterine surgery, but during the beautiful cesarean birth of their baby. So it's a season of miracles. We've been saying that over this house. And anybody, it's a season of miracles. It's a season of miracles. And anybody, anybody that wants a baby here gets a baby here, okay? It's a word over our house. So good. Mike, take us in, brother. <laughs> yes, okay, awesome. All right, Dara, you cut me off whenever, okay? All right, I want you to hear the words in these verses, not just as me reading a passage, but hear it as my heart for our time together today, okay? First Corinthians 2, one through 16. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come as someone superior in ability to speak or wisdom. I have not come to you with a superior ability to speak or a superior amount of wisdom as I am proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I also was with you in weakness and fear and in great trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the human heart, all that God prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the spirit for the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him. So also the thoughts of God, no one knows except 
the Spirit of God. Now we have received, we have not received the Spirit of this world, but we have received the Spirit who is from God so that we may know these things freely. We may know these things given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the one who is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. My heart for today is that we all walk away having an encounter with the living God. I have words, I have natural wisdom, and they could sustain us for a moment. Maybe they could sustain us for this week. But my heart is that we each eat of the very bread of life and that we would all drink from the source that never runs dry. I want you to walk out feeling like your faith is resting on the power of God. I pray that we would be taught by the Spirit today and that spiritual thoughts would be combined with spiritual words and we would all leave thinking a little higher, seeing a little higher, thinking a little higher, seeing a little higher. Would we think a little higher? Yeah. I want to see him more rightly, just as he is. I want to see myself rightly, just as he sees me. I want to see the world rightly, just as he sees it. So when I started preparing for this message, I saw a picture of Christians all over the earth walking. Their minds and their spirits were alive, but they almost looked like they were sleepwalking through life. And in the middle of the picture, I felt like God said, I want my people fully awake. And after God said this, I saw another picture and there were minds all over the earth and they were walking bright, full of light, full of truth. And the minds looked like they had almost been like turned on um, by like a light switch. And I saw everyone's spirits and they were pulsating, pulsating. And it was almost like a, a lion. Um, you know, just prowling or like a war horse, pulsing, 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 a war horse that'd be running in reckless abandon. And I felt like God said, my message, the message of the gospel is incredibly simple, but it's incredibly wild. It's wildly radical. It is an outrageous, flip the world upside down kind of powerful for those who will fully believe. And I am looking for those with outrageous faith to believe every single word of it. I want my people fully awake. My husband Josh says that after choosing to believe and accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that you know he's the only way to the Father, our greatest freedom comes from having right thinking, right beliefs about our God-given identity. God longs for us to be a people who are truly believing who He says He is and truly believing that we are who He says we are. We've all heard this, or maybe not, but anyways. Um, Bill Johnson says, I can't afford to have a thought in my head that God doesn't have in His head about me. And I'd like to kind of extend it and say that it's too costly to have a thought in my mind that He doesn't have about myself. And it's too costly 
to have a thought in my mind about others that he doesn't have about them. It's too costly to have thoughts about this world that he doesn't have in his head. Dara said it to me like this recently. She said, we really just don't have any other option of another way to live. We're sons, we're servants no longer, so we live the way the Father does. There's just really no other option. I want my people fully awake. And I think the devil isn't too rattled with believers who believe they are saved into heaven and are willing to stop there, but I think he absolutely trembles and quakes when believers embrace their full identity. I read recently a Bassam alumni, Matt Faltzgraff, many of you may have remembered him. He made a post on Instagram that said, the demons know you have authority, they just hope you don't. When Jesus walked the earth, he was radically offensive to the political spirit and to the spirit of religion. I think the spirit of religion is okay with us believing that we have the mind of Christ, but he gets wildly afraid when we actually live with the mind of Christ, discipling everything in our life. And I think the spirit um, or the political spirit is okay when we have good ideas or good ideals or even good opinions, maybe even an opinion we die on a mountain for. But he gets wildly afraid when we surrender our lives to God's ways. His ways are higher. Well, I submit my ideas, my opinions to his ways. I'm a new creation. Dara and I were talking this week and she said, shed the grave clothes once and for all. And let's live according to his ways. Shed the grave clothes once and for all. Let's live according to his ways. If Jesus walked the earth being radically offensive to the political spirit and the spirit of religion, my life should make some waves here too. Right, Mike? Doesn't it feel simple when she puts it like that? Feels so easy. Feels so sure. Could it be that easy to just sit in his presence, see what he's doing, and then keep it moving? Could it be that easy to remember where you see of his glory and say it's good just like he said it's good just like he said you know Jesus wasn't moved by what was happening in his season he came to do one thing that was die on that cross his blood was enough and then he gave it back to us 2,000 years ago but I want you to know something. The believers are believing. Hey. The believers are believing. The believers are believing. The believers are believing. The believers they, look, are they look just like you. <laughs> Can you feel that it's so simple in him, huh? What if we could just walk? And Peter was with Jesus all that time. They, they, you know, they were still trying to see him from the outside. And I don't know when it shifted, 
But after, G after Jesus had risen and left them with something, Peter was just walking by and the guy's his shadow, his, his, he was busy about what God had called him to do and something happened to the man who was laying there. I, I, Peter, I'm sure Peter didn't have a clue. He, he, he said, silver and gold I don't have. When he talked to that, uh, didn't he say silver? I don't have any money, but you know what? I have something. Yeah. And what I have, I give you. What you have, what you have, you get to give it away. Because when you walk into the room, everything changes. This is what Jesus is telling you right now. We look at him and we sing that, you know. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Because we know that that's what he does, right? Then he looks back at us and he says, Oh, but don't you know that when you walk into the room, hey. my body is walking into the room and everything changes. Go on with what you carry. Go on with what you carry. Could it be that he? simple. I don't know, but I believe it can be that easy. Hey, so good. Because he's overcome the world and we're in him. So let's just be on that side of that scripture. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but, but, oh, there's something in that B-U-T. On the other side is me. Because say it with me, I've overcome the world, and you are in me. So just go on and be the believers I believe in. Yes, what she said. <laughs> All right. So you know, another prayer I have for today is just that everything that's asleep would wake up, that the bride of Christ, anything in it that slumbers shall wake. All things that slumber shall wake. All things that slumber shall wake. All things that slumber shall wake. So I started asking God, what do your people look like when they're fully awake walking the earth? And I kept hearing two main things. Mike had an awesome encounter with God about a month back where he just woke him up in the middle of the night and for about three hours, he kept talking to Mike about, you are meant to live with unreasonable faith. And there's a prophetic word that Bethel Atlanta has on this house that we are a house of hope and love. So I was thinking about those three things, faith, hope, and love. And the more I pondered it, I felt like God said, the key word here is unreasonable reasonable. I want these things at unreasonable, not within reason, not within reason, according to the earth. I want these things on unreasonable levels, unreasonable faith, hope, and love. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11:6. Now this could totally look like one of those all-time scary verses in the Bible, 
But as I fall more in love with Jesus, it feels like an invitation because I know his ways are perfect. And I think if we still think that's a scary verse, without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's a lie rooted somewhere about his nature and his nature towards us. The verse continues that without faith, it is impossible to please him for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. Do we believe, do we believe that he is one who rewards those who seek him? I know how he calls me to live. Lauren had a great message about this a week ago. And when I'm surrendered, I'm actually the most alive I could ever be. So when I read this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. My heart burns with the cry. Let me be a person of unreasonable faith. Find my faith unreasonable, especially when it doesn't make sense, especially when it's not within reason. Find me faith full here. Find me as a person who's unshaken by the circumstances, by the things that my natural eyes would tell me. Find me as a person who knows where I'm seated, that I'm seated in heavenly places. Find me even in the mystery, a person that says, this is who my God is. This is who he says I am. It's been said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. So find me risky. Find me willing to look foolish. Find me willing to be wrong. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. James 2.26, it's a season of miracles. Wherever we see lack in the earth, let's be people of outrageous faith unreasonable faith. Let's step out. I'd also propose that the world is looking to see a church that is supposed to be full of faith. And I think we will look fake without the power of the living God on display. We will appear as a body apart from the spirit. We've all been to funerals. It's crazy to look at the shell of a human and be like, they're gone. A body apart from the spirit. If we're a church apart from faith, apart from the display of a living God, we will appear empty. I feel like God's been encouraging me to meditate more on the story of Joshua and Jericho. And I just encourage all of us this week to spend some time in that story and consider the weightiness of the level of faith of Joshua and God's people. The method of warfare made absolutely no sense according to military intelligence. It was unreasonable. It was out of reason. It totally required dependence on God. And then think about Joshua having to go to a whole nation and explain, this is what we're doing. This is the plan and I have no other plan. And they had to trust to follow. Then think about how they spent six days, six days wide open to attack, six days to think about how this plan makes no sense, to think about their leader Joshua and how surely he was taking them to their doom and to their death. Six days to literally look at the impossibility of a wall. They literally walked around and looked at their impossibility for six days. Was this just a story from long ago or do we take it as a reality that speaks to the standard of our life today? If he asked his people to believe this way once, has God's standard changed or is this the faith that he is asking of us right now? I think I'm preaching, Dara. I think I am. Thank you, Dara. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, so um, 
when my husband Josh, he was 21 years old when his dad passed away from cancer. And his dad had cancer prior to this point, but about um, at the six month mark prior to his passing. Oh, Mike, I feel empty without you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> um, so, okay, six months prior to his dad's passing, his dad and their family had kind of one major final doctor's appointment where the doctors basically declared he's dying and gave him about six months time to live. Now, Josh and his family had already been praying for supernatural healing and fully believed that this report of death would not be the outcome. And so that evening after the doctor appointment, Josh sat in their family garage and he basically sat there and said, here I am, God. I'm not leaving until I know how you want me to move forward with this. I'm gonna sit in this garage until I know how you want me to move. And not too long after that, Josh's mom came out in the garage looking for something and she didn't know he was in there. and was like, oh, I didn't know you were in here. Um, hey, I actually found this letter that's for you that fell between the bed and your dad's desk. And the letter was postmarked two weeks prior, but it was hand delivered to him in that exact moment. It was hand delivered to him when he said, I'm not moving till you tell me how to move. And the letter had three addresses of scripture, like the scripture wasn't written out, but just three addresses. And Josh quickly looked up the scriptures and all of them had to do with healing and God's desire to heal. So Josh had his confirmation and he was unwavering in his faith that his dad would live and not die. Josh wouldn't let anyone in the house that was gonna speak otherwise. He cut off their family TV for the amount of just lies coming through the media and just through that medium for a while. He was what some would call too hardcore, a little extreme in his approach. I feel like all of heaven to this day sees him as a man of great faith, outrageous faith, faith beyond our human reasoning. And even on the day of his dad's passing, Josh still believed my dad's gonna get out of this bed and he is gonna be well. And basically he had another encounter where he felt like there, he needed to tell his dad, if you wanna go, it's okay, I will be okay. And to release him and that evening he passed away. And nearing up to his dad's death, uh, death and after his passing, many people, LaGrange, he grew up in LaGrange, Georgia, a small town and they were like approaching his mom, kind of worried about Josh. Like, is he gonna go crazy if his dad passes away? Like he, is, he has been that hardcore. And um, people were surprised to see how peaceful he was, how okay he was. And I talked to Josh recently about this and he dropped a bomb on me in the car and I said, I'm gonna preach that one day and here I am. And basically he said, of course I was okay. I spent the six months leading up to his death pursuing Jesus and his truth with all I had in me every single day. So even in my dad's death, I was closer to Jesus than I had ever been before. Even in the loss and pain, I was closer to true peace than I had ever been before. Unreasonable and outrageous faith is what we were designed for because even in the deepest of mysteries on this side of heaven, in death, when we risk it all on Jesus, no matter the outcome, we walk away with Jesus. So even when we don't understand, we have the very presence of the perfect counselor, the perfect, the most holy comforter. Josh is a hero in the faith to me. And all of you have stories of where you've walked in real pain 
and real loss. And those of you who are still unwavering in his goodness, you are heroes in the faith. Bill Johnson said, I refuse to sacrifice the truth of who God is on human understanding or on a human experience. So at Bethel Atlanta, we believe that there are consequences to our worship. It is radically affecting the environment around us. In fact, since we've been in this building, I can't worship, I think you said the same thing, Dara, but I can't go a week um, in our corporate worship without seeing all of Atlanta rising up with us. So, and then I felt like God a few weeks ago reminded me again, he, he told me this years ago, um, but I felt like he reminded me it's more important that you believe what I tell you is happening in worship or what's gonna happen in worship, um, no matter what it sounds like or how it naturally appears to unfold in the moment. So yeah, I just, I just keep seeing the whole city of Atlanta rising when we rise. Unreasonable faith. It's more important what we believe than what we see. You got anything, Dara? You got anything? The only thing I could think of was that because we know the kingdom of God is in us and because we can see it, John tells us, I mean, in John, John 3, that we can see the kingdom. We know what's happening. Like when we're looking around and, and, and in worship and, and it feel, it look, we're looking out and it doesn't appear that, you know, we're jumping for joy. There is so many encounters that are happening. There are so many things that are happening because the kingdom is in us. And I just feel like we're preaching to the converted in this place because we, we just go in fast. I love it. I, I love this woman. I can't even tell you how much I adore her and her purity and her fire and her grace and all of the things that she just carries when she walks into the room. I tell her all the time, God knew who to set so that it can go out when we're singing. Today, you know Atlanta was changed. I kept the mute. Could y'all feel that we were not in this room? It felt like the first song that went out, every, we were already, had a, gone into the heavenlies, and then we saw his face, and then we started crying, holy, holy. It, it, I was wrecked. I, I don't know about anybody else, and it was like, oh, then he grabbed my hands. And I know he just grabbed hands everywhere. It was like, oh, and he was breathing in my face. He was singing holy over me, and I was singing holy over him. That changed the city. No time or space in the spirit, y'all. And we are spirit and we release the glory of God everywhere. Georgia belongs to Jesus. And everything in Georgia belongs to Jesus. It always belonged to him. So everywhere you go is a branch on the tree. You're doing it for the king. <laughs> Walk in the supermarket and change your world. That's who we are. Outrageous faith. You know, eye hasn't seen, neither has ear heard, now has it entered into the heart of man. The things that he has prepared for us. He's talking about you and me. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready for the outrageous, for the, for the ridiculous? We're not supposed to know what it looks like because I hasn't seen, but you'll know it. 
Because it feels just like Jesus. Fragrance of his presence. Feels just like him, Vanessa. Feels just like him. So we're seeing through spirit eyes. Spirit eyes. Because we can see heaven. So we can make it look like. We can make earth look just like heaven. So I'm going to read just a little excerpt. When the brilliant ethicist John Cavanaugh went to work for three months at the House of the Dying in, Al in Calcutta, he was seeking a clear answer how to best spend the rest of his life. On the first morning there, he met Mother Teresa. She asked, and what can I do for you? Cavanaugh asked her to pray for him. What do you want me to pray for? She asked. He voiced the request that he had borne thousands of miles from the United States. Pray that I have clarity. She said firmly, no, I will not do that. When he asked her why, she said, clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let go of. When Kavanaugh commented that she always seemed to have the clarity he longed for, she laughed and said, I have never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust God. We ourselves have known and put our trust in God's love towards us, 1 John 4:16. Craving clarity, we attempt to eliminate the risk of trusting God. Craving clarity, we attempt to eliminate the risk of trusting God. Fear of the unknown. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. What's it gonna look like when we show up where we've never been before? Craving clarity, we attempt to eliminate the risk of trusting God. Fear of the unknown path stretching ahead of us destroys childlike trust in the Father's active goodness and unrestricted love. So unreasonable levels of faith, unreasonable hope. Really recently I felt like God said to me, Vanessa, I'm not worried about what you worry about. I'm not worried about what you worry about. And he's the most compassionate man who's ever walked the earth, full of compassion. I'm not worried what you worry about. So insert whatever that worry is, your personal worry, the worry for the world, the worry for this, that, and whatever. He's deep 
deeply acquainted with our grief. He literally felt all of our lack, our grief, what it meant to be disconnected from the Godhead when he hung on the cross. So when he told me that, it didn't at all feel like he didn't care. It just felt like an invitation into more hope. He said, Vanessa, I am unreasonable hope. I am unreasonable hope and I'm not worried what you worry about. So just look at him there. Look at him unworried. Just spend time with him there. You're in him. You're in him next to the Father. Look at how unworried he is. Look at how unbothered he is. Any area not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie. So let the light in, let the light in, let the light in. Bye, 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 bye. Anything that's not glistening with hope. Anything that's not glistening with hope. Bye, 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 bye. Anything that's not glistening with hope. He is unreasonable hope. In Christ within me, the hope of glory. Christ within me, the hope of glory. Christ within me, the hope of glory. Bye, 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 bye. Old rag clothes, old grave clothes. Bye, 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 bye. Any structure. Serving the grave clothes, Christ within us, the hope of glory, the hope of glory. I'm not worried what you worry about, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I felt like I was talking to him about what I was worried about this week, and I was like, you have for me, but this, 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 that's going to get in the way of the plans you have for me. And I just felt like he's like, look at how unworried I am about that. Look at my face. I'm so unworried about it. I'm so not worried about it. And I still have the same plans. They're still good to prosper you. The Lord will keep you from harm. He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all you could ever ask, imagine, or think according to his power at work in you. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Okay, so unreasonable love. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. We love because he first loved us. We will show the world 
how loving He is based on how aware we are of His love for us. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others have, has fulfilled the law. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. Unreasonable, ready? Unreasonable, unreasonable, ready? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. That's what Dara said, we have no other option. We have no other option how to do this life. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We have to be about His ways. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We can play church or we can change the world. Unreasonable love. Yeah. Say it. It's gonna be unreasonable, y'all. Ha ha ha. Gonna be unreasonable about the beauty. Did you hear when she was talking about, you know, if you just love those that love you, didn't that just feel like the law? I love you because you love me. I love you because, but Jesus, he saw the finished work. Yeah. So he was giving them a heads up. Because in me, you see in spirit. Yeah. You're responding to the life of me that lives on the inside of your brother or your sister. That's why the word says, no, no man after the flesh. No, no man after the flesh. It's part of an old nature, an old paradigm. That's why we're in it, but not of it. Things make more sense to me now because I know who I am. I'm learning more of who I am as a son. I'm telling you. I'm not outside looking in. I'm not there anymore. And I just feel like everybody in this place feels the same way. We're inside and God is changing our DNA and it feels like heaven, looks like heaven. It looks like the DNA of what he had intended when he came in the beginning and the believers are believing. So this outrageous faith, you have it. The kingdom of God is in you. When you walk into the room, anywhere, everywhere, 
Lewis Whitaker, he has an amazing podcast. I don't know if any of you follow him on Instagram, but it's called um, Human Hope, I think. But his name's Carlos Whitaker, and he said, uh, you know, in light of events in recent weeks, he said, be less of an opinion and more of a human. I loved it. And I'd like to extend it to say, Let's be an ambassador of the kingdom. Let us be a royal priesthood that lives a life that displays everything that every human heart has ever longed for. Let us get this love thing right. Mike and I have talked about this before, but unreasonable love still believes that God changed Saul's to Paul's. Unreasonable love in the earth today still believes that God changes Saul's to Paul's. It's super easy on this side of the story to love Paul, but fill in the blank your modern day Saul and does your heart burn with love and faith that God can do absolutely anything in their life. Just one touch, just one walking into the room. And your mind's modern day Saul could become a modern day Paul. Paul, Saul, wrote a good portion of the New Testament, literally, after his job was persecuting Christians. Unreasonable and outrageous love says, come however you are. You don't need to have anything together. You don't need to have your thinking right. Just come into his presence. Unreasonable love goes low. Unreasonable love gets humble. He's taking the church to a new place. Let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable because we're walking into a new place, places we haven't known before. Let's let go of that clarity thing we need so bad. And um, Mari has an amazing song, Mari who led worship today. And one of the lines says it, we're remembering who we've been all along. Under one king, we join in one song. I love that. That's this message. That's what Sarah's talking about. It's who he made us to be all along and the church is remembering. I want my people fully awake. Dara told me recently, she said, there's songs I can never sing again. It doesn't mean that they are bad songs and that they weren't right for a season. It just doesn't fit where he's taking us anymore. It's not language my spirit can speak anymore because I've got a greater revelation. So let's sing in a new day. We'll sing in a new day. We'll sing in a new day. I think it's a season where we need to earnestly seek his face. We need to long to see him rightly, just as he is. We will represent him to the world to the measure that we've allowed him to personally represent himself to us. We need fresh, daily bread encounters of who he is. If we owe the world an encounter with God, it would be foolish for us to not spend our lives in his face. We also need to see ourselves rightly, just as he sees us. And just to close, um, I just kept getting that this was kind of a random last thought, but I felt like it was from God. And I just feel like he kept saying, walking on water is just the beginning. Walking on water is just the beginning. Greater things, greater things for my people with unreasonable faith, unreasonable hope, unreasonable love. So may we see you, see you rightly, just as.
just as you are. May we see you, see you rightly, just as you are. some messages that are about the words and the words that were spoken today were very, very beautiful. But there are also messages that are about what's happening in the spirit. So I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to breathe in. and I just want you to let the spirit of God transform your heart. And no, I don't know how you do that. But sometimes intent listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.